This is the Queensland Department of Education podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Judith Forrest. In 2018, the department released its inclusive education policy that committed our state schools to continuing their journey towards a more inclusive education. We know that at the heart of inclusive education is the ability for students to access the curriculum and learn alongside their peers. Special education programs play an important role in inclusive education. They give advice to classroom teachers about how to make adjustments and when needed, provide intensive teaching for some students for some of the time. The inclusive education journey for some schools has meant moving from operating a unit where students with disability learn separately from other students at their school all day, every day. Now, these journeys are very different, but at the heart of them is consultation with school communities, that is, their students, parents and staff. Today, I'm speaking with Sarah Abdi from Craigslea State School about how they've transformed the support of students with disability to align with inclusive principles, culture and practices. So welcome, Sarah, and thank you for joining me today to share your school's inclusion journey and more specifically, how this may have impacted the way students with disability are supported. Thank you for the opportunity to allow me to inform others of our journey to a full inclusive model at Craigley State School. Um, so Sarah, what did the previous model of support look like and what prompted your school to assess the way that students with disability were being supported? Our support model was a fragmented support. It had intervention programs facilitated by SEP teachers, SEP teacher aides. Students with disability were often withdrawn from classes to do their learning in the SEP building. If they weren't withdrawn for the learning, then the SEP teacher or teacher aide provided one-on-one support in the classroom. This impacted on the student's ability to build their learning independence. Also, the classroom teachers saw the SEP teachers as those responsible for the learning program of the students with disabilities. Well, I'm sure that a lot's changed now. Let's compare that with how students with disability are supported now and what that supportive inclusion model looks like. Uh, What are some of the main features or characteristics of your current support model? We identified what inclusion means for our whole community and this meant that students with disabilities are identified according to their needs, whether they be related to autism, dyslexia, ADHD or an emotional condition. All students were learning in their year level classroom with the support from the targeted learning team. These teams engage in fortnightly intentional collaboration and case management which allows for co-planning, co-delivery of high impact differentiation learning strategies. We review a range of data to inform our decision making around the supports and reasonable adjustments required for all students to meet their next step. The model is reviewed regularly against the signpost for school improvement inclusion. So it sounds like a lot of change has occurred since 2020, which is a relatively short period of time. Can you identify the biggest changes that have occurred in the school's culture and how this has improved the outcomes for students with disability? Prior to the change, the school talked the language of inclusion in our vision and values. Students with diverse needs were welcomed and supported socially and emotionally with their complex health needs. But access to the curriculum was not the same for students with disabilities as their peers. So we have seen uh, seen evidence of depth, quality and focus on the inclusion work. 
Writing has improved with students with disability achieving NAPLAN national minimum standard with a growth of 23%. Another significant improvement that we've seen is that the participation rate of students with disability in Year 5 improved by 22%. We have also seen a positive growth with a significant closing of the gap between students with disabilities and those without disabilities of 17% for students receiving C or better in English. This could be contributed to the teachers analysing and responding to the student data through fortnightly intentional collaboration meetings to target their teaching for further progress and engagement of all students. Parents, students, staff have provided positive feedback on the inclusive model, along with responding to key items from the school opinion survey demonstrating our success and the ongoing support and commitment to the work from our school community. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, But we all know that change process can be difficult. What are some of the key characteristics of the change process that were really essential for the successful implementation of the inclusive model of support for students with disability? The first step was to unpack the inclusive education policy to align with our improvement work. We reviewed the existing structures, practices against the signposts of inclusion to identify our change focus area. And that was to shift the regular withdrawal of students from the classroom and have them in the classroom and use shared evidence-informed teaching strategies. So one of our steps that we engaged in was the inquiry cycle process, and this included the scan, assess, plan and act. This revealed that our students were underperforming and disengaged in their learning. The key factor that emerged was that it was from our fragmented student support model. So we shaped a shared vision of inclusive education aligned to our focus on data literacy and the explicit improvement agenda. On our journey, we collaborated with other schools who had successfully implemented support using inclusive model. We also engaged in professional development for all staff around the new support model and we established the fortnightly intentional collaboration process in place of regular staff meetings. At these meetings, they look at the data and they work out the student's next step. For Sarah, tell me how the school brought the school community along on the change journey, as we all know that this is a key component of implementing change. So what we had to do, we had to make sure that our community had a clear understanding of what inclusion was. So we provided sessions for them to understand the inclusion model and also to understand the shared language of what inclusion is to our school. We had provided information in newsletters. We also included the community in renaming the SEP to the CUBBY. The cubby is a place where all students can come at lunch and play. And this is done through a Facebook competition. The cubby is spelt K-U-B-B-I and that is an Aboriginal name for possums. In our buildings, we have a family of possums that live there. It sort of is reflecting on what's there at our school, but also having that sense of the play. We also engaged in regular cuppa mornings. In regards to communication with our um, student with disability families, we made sure that they 
were comfortable that their health support at the school wasn't going to change. So it sounds like some capability building would have been needed so that all staff were confident in their knowledge and skills around supporting students with disability. So what are some of those uh, established processes you now have that support this capability building? One of the big key factors of being able to implement the full inclusive model is that we provide time for fortnightly intentional collaboration meetings. These are key and they allow for co-planning, co-delivering, high impact differentiation learning strategies to include engage and improve writing processes for all students. We also provide professional development for staff throughout the year and these are identified by the staff in relation to what they want and need and especially around the students that they have in their classes. We also developed roles and responsibilities collaboratively with the targeted learning teachers and the teacher aides. At the start, we initially were, or the leadership, mem a leadership member, were initially meeting with them weekly to ensure that we were coaching and mentoring them through the process of becoming a targeted learning teacher. We also saw that it was really important to do a gradual release model especially for um, the teacher aides because they were taking on new roles and responsibilities that they had actually never done before. So with all of that, can you describe the biggest impact of your school's inclusion journey in supporting students with disability? Those types of things which are just now embedded in your way of working. Now for our school, all school members are now walking the talk in regards to inclusion, it has become more than a word. It is now a signature practice, our way of working. It has resulted in empowered teachers and staff, improved student outcome and has prioritised local decision making. We are now proactive and data driven and not reactive. One of the most important thing, it has allowed a significant shift in student outcomes for not just for all students, for those from those diverse groups that can be some of our most disadvantaged within our system. It's so nice to hear when teacher aides come up to you and um, they've been at the school for a long time and they are embracing this support model. They are excited that they get to build relationships with their students and um, identify the learning needs for those students as well. Also, they feel like they're part of a team. They stay in one classroom block the whole day. One of the teacher aides also said they are building authentic relationships with the students and they have a deeper understanding of what has actually been taught and the expectations in that year level block. Well, I'm sure that there would be some challenges along the way. Can you identify some of those challenges? Yes, recognising that uh, the change is difficult and I suppose that some of our staff were stuck in the learning pit and they needed to support to move forward. So really unpacking what inclusion is and meeting people at their own understanding first. Acknowledging and I suppose validating their fears and anxieties and willing to have lots of ongoing conversations to support people um, was required um, because it was a big change for the school. 
But the best thing, I suppose, about those challenging moments was when they, I suppose, got their aha moment, they would never go back to the way it used to be. Well, I'm sure that there will be lots of highlights that you can identify from the last few years that really demonstrate the impact of the school's transformative journey. Tell me some of those highlights. One of the biggest highlights is the targeted approach to supporting all students according to their needs. All students are members of the school and don't belong to any individual staff member. They belong to everyone. Differentiation strategies have become embedded as an established way of working which benefits all students. The teachers have come along on this journey and you know when a teacher comes up to you and they've been teaching for over 25 years and states to you that they've never felt so supported in being able to teach the students through the inclusion model. They have access to targeted learning teachers, teacher aides, and it enables them to build their capabilities in differentiation. In the past, they did not have that. Another teacher has come up to me and said the fortnightly intentional collaboration allows them to look at the data in front of them and plan the next fortnight for each student. They have their next steps and all students are moving forward in their learning. Lots of teachers are talking about the teamwork that they've been able to engage in, that they know that they can go and be supported by their team members in supporting the next steps for those students. Well, let's finish off with some examples of comments that parents of students with disability have made that highlight the impact of these changes on the outcomes for their children, because uh, when it comes down to it, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So I suppose the positive feedback from parents is that they have told us that the school having a strong commitment and high expectations of all students succeeding in terms of learning and well-being. Another parent has stated that, you know, the additional support provider has allowed their child to progress through the curriculum with the support of the targeted learning team. So it's not just one person um, supporting their child, there's multiple people supporting their child. And I suppose the other thing that one parent has said that the planned approach at the school to build the expertise of the teaching team is a positive for all students and we are seeing all students that are succeeding and that's the reason that we're educators. Uh, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me today and for providing these insights. I'm sure that your school's journey will help other schools to implement support for students with disability in an inclusive setting. So thanks again so much. Thank you for your time. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast. The Department of Education acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands from across Queensland. We pay our respects to the elders, past and present, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples.